progressive, respectful, mentoring, compassionate. These are the values of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. And now we proudly present Palmdale Regional Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. It may seem like a daunting task, deciding whether to go ahead with surgery, but with your doctor's help and a few well-asked questions, you can take some simple steps that can make it easier to decide. My guest today is Dr. Cameron Parsa. He's a neurosurgeon and a member of the medical staff at Palmdale Regional Medical Center. Dr. Parsa, what is the first thing you tell patients when they come to you, they've got back problems or some other issue, a neck issue, and they're considering surgery? What do you tell them? Uh, good morning, Melanie. Uh, so the first uh, most important thing to know about back surgery is that you want to keep it as a complete last resort. Uh, never jump into surgery. Um, make sure you exhaust all conservative measures um, unless the only stipulation is if you have red flags present, uh, which uh, we can talk about uh, as well a little bit. So then let's get into the red flags first, because then I want to talk to you about questions that you want them to ask. But what are some of those red flags, Dr. Parsa, that people should be concerned about and say, okay, this is enough now. I really have to look at this. Um, the way I like to break it down is to say there are three red flags. The first one being uh, bowel or bladder incontinence. If uh, you know that you have stenosis or pressure on your spinal cord or your nerve and you develop uh, onset of uh, bladder retention or difficulty going uh, with loss of control down the line, these are red flags that should not be ignored and uh, should be attended to immediately. Uh, so that's the first red flag. Uh, the second red flag uh, is if uh, the nerves being impinged are causing functional deficits, uh, where uh, and you, where the numbness or the pain that is in the arm is also leading to weakness, uh, and due to the weakness you cannot perform uh, your occupation or you cannot go on about your daily life. Uh, that is when you have to really consider surgery uh, in order to take pressure off the nerves as soon as possible to regain the function of the muscle um, and, uh, uh, and prevent it from worsening. Uh, so that's the second red flag. Uh, the third red flag is uh, is pretty much along the same lines as the bowel and bladder incontinence are signs and symptoms of spinal cord compression, uh, which is different from your nerve. Uh, and this would lead to problems with balance, ambulating, uh, problems with... Uh, uh, your handwriting, typing, um, uh, basically small daily tasks of buttoning your shirt. Uh, these are subtle signs that uh, can be um, a uh, uh, 
a symptom of a impending spinal cord damage. And that is when you also need to um, uh, really address uh, having the pressure taken off the spinal cord. Uh, so these are my three red flags. I sometimes add a, uh, what I would say is pseudo red flag in there in that if the pain uh, from the nerve is so bad that you constantly have to go to the emergency room to control the pain, uh, that sort of falls in, in my eyes under that functional status red flag where you really can't go about your daily life because of this constant pain. And that's when is also uh, a good indication to really intervene surgically as opposed to uh, non-surgically. Well, that was so well put, Dr. Parsa, and really important red flags. One of the more important ones being about your quality of life and, and the intensity of your pain. When you tell people these red flags and some of them resonate with them, what questions do you want them to ask you when somebody is getting ready for this and they're questioning back surgery? What questions do you want to hear them ask about the upcoming surgery? Um well, the first, uh, this is, uh, before that, I really would, I try my best to educate my patient in regards to uh, conservative management. So if a patient asks me, uh, okay, I'm here sitting in your office, what are the non-surgical treatments that I can do uh, to prevent surgery? That's actually the most important question in my mind. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of options at our disposal, and much of it is very effective, and it helps you prevent surgery. Uh, so that's number one. Number two is if uh, you are to undergo surgery, uh, I think the next important question is, what are my surgical options? Nowadays, there are uh, so many different approaches to the spine surgically everything from minimally invasive, the different uh, directions. You can approach the spine from the front, from the side, from the back. Uh, so, it's, uh, so that's also a very good question to ask. How would I um, uh, plan on intervening to treat their pain symptom? And what are the other uh, possible potential ways to do it as well? So they can... So the, my patient can be educated and knowledgeable into making it, being involved in the, not only the decision of proceeding with surgery, but what type of surgery to have. Um, other questions uh, which are uh, routine but important uh, to ask include, what is my recovery like for all these different, for each of these different types of surgeries or options available? Uh, what is my expected um uh, uh, outcome. Uh, how would I get back to the quality of life that I'm used to? And uh, would I get back to it? And what would my would be my short-term and long-term restrictions? Um, and finally, uh, how long would this uh, benefit last? Uh, uh, one of the reasons we try to prolong surgery is that it is effective, uh, very effective, but uh, a lot of times, um, it's uh, you know it has a 
expiry date per se, uh, where uh, the rest of your spine starts to break down depending on the type of surgery performed, and you may need another surgery on your spine. Uh, so it, it's important to uh, be knowledgeable. I take my time going through the entire uh, physiology and anatomy of the spine with my patients. Um, one thing important that I always point out is there's multiple segments in your spine. There's uh, broken down into three areas, your thoracic, cervical, and lumbar. So if they op- if someone has surgery on their lumbar spine, that it doesn't prevent them from needing surgery on their cervical spine down the line. So the, uh, there's many, many uh, of these type of questions. And the more my patient asks these questions, the more appropriate uh, understanding they have of what's going on with their body. Uh, and generally, they have a much better outcome because there are no real surprises um, or, uh, you know, good or bad uh, for them. What do you ask them about their support systems, work leave, you, you know, returning to activity, what kind of activity they want to return to? Are there certain things, Dr. Parsa, that you make sure of when you're making this decision with a patient? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's many times uh, uh, I sit down and have, uh, you know, a deep conversation with my patients, uh, ask them about their livelihood, what, what are they involved in? Um, and uh, what kind of occupation? If they're a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, they, if they work in uh, construction, okay, and uh, they, uh, and, you know, they're involved in lifting heavy objects, uh, it's important to know the different surgical options available and which of those would get them back uh, to, the type of to back into construction, not only as soon as possible, but also as and to keep them in there as long as possible. Sometimes doing the most minimally invasive surgery doesn't uh, strengthen your spine to a point where you can go back to a uh, heavy uh, duty job, uh, and vice versa. So really, to me. I try to personalize my approach on uh, the care uh, to every one of my patients as to what their livelihood is, what their expectations are, um, I, uh, you know, how, uh, how old they are, you know, an 85-year-old uh, uh, person does not need to have the same expectation or same amount of activity in their daily life. Uh, physical activity as a 25-year-old, and uh, and therefore different surgical options are available for each of those individual patients. So it's very important to me to really get to know my patients, what they want to achieve, uh, and uh, then I would. Uh, and fortunately, I've been trained enough to have all the options at my disposal to. To, uh, to accommodate what their, my patient's needs are. And Dr. Parsa, I'd like you to wrap it up for us with your best advice about when to keep surgery as a last resort and when not to do so, and when you think a patient should seek a second opinion. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll go backwards a little bit. I think um, 
when it comes to your neurological system, uh, whether it's brain surgery, spine surgery, uh, really you always need to have a second opinion. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very, very important structure. Uh, the wrong surgery, the wrong approach uh, uh, can have detrimental effects on your quality of life um, and a permanent detrimental effect. So, uh, so it's very important to get a second opinion or even a third opinion in my, uh, is what I always advocate to even individuals who come to me to see me the first time. I, you know, I, we talk about all these things and I say, I give them an option of different physicians in the community that they can uh, also, uh, seek a second opinion for, uh, to wrap up what we're talking about, I always advocate keep surgery as the, your first three options for surgery is non-surgery. Um, so non, uh, avoid surgery, avoid surgery, avoid surgery, always. Uh, and, and unless red flags are present, which we spoke of earlier. And that's as, and then the next options are, okay, what are non-surgical treatments? And this can range from physical therapy all the way to acupuncture to uh, to yoga to I mean you name it. There's a lot of different options available, and uh, spending that as long as you don't have red flags present, spending that extra time to um, an effort to undergo the conservative measures, you are potentially saving yourself from uh, a surgery, which is a big deal. Uh, so um, so that's, I always, always, always advocate for that to my patient. And uh, many times, uh, you know, they do very, very well. And they come back and they're some of my thank- most thankful patients who come back and say they were better with physical therapy. And that, you know, we can avoid surgery for however long. And that, that's, that's really rewarding. What a great ending. Thank you so much, Dr. Parsa, for sharing your expertise in this difficult topic. People do not always know what to ask or whether they should get a second opinion. So thank you for sharing that great information today. You're listening to Palmdale Regional Radio with Palmdale Regional Medical Center. For more information, please visit palmdaleregional.com. That's palmdaleregional.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Palmdale Regional Medical Center. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.